Welcome back. Uh, this is Small Brain Big Picks. We are... I'm Evan, season two. Season two. And you are? I'm Andrew. Cool. So we have incorporated, because everyone likes a good bit of violence, so we've incorporated Nerf guns into our segment. So at some point during the, during the into video... Into our segment, into our life. Into our it's life. It's a lifestyle. Into our life, we will... Uh, Shit away. We will use the Nerf guns, as I just demonstrated. Uh, so... Yeah, uh, I'm Andrew, and we're going to get right to it. If you haven't watched The Starting Five, The Starting Five should be linked below. That's us talking about more current events. These are more or overarching concepts, so without further ado, should we get to our first concept? No doubt. Um, so if you follow baseball, uh, this scandal has, has rocked the baseball world, of course. Um, you know, um, but the, the Astros um, got finally kind of outed um, when uh, one of their former players came out about right. it, um, about this, this practice they had for years, um, at least the 2017, 2018 seasons, of banging on a trash can every time a fastball was coming in. Right. Um, and, you know, basically stealing signs and using camera equipment to, to be able to tell their batters of what, what was going on in games, um, what pitch was coming in. Um, and it really has rocked the baseball world. Um, yep. And so, I mean, what's your... In, in, in fairness, the Red Sox were also accused of some form of video cheating. All they kind were... of centering around... I mean, I haven't read the report, the seven-page report. But all kind of centering around players on the Astros, unnamed players on the Astros. The only named player, because he's not current player, is Carlos Beltran, who has been kind of accused of being the ringleader of this entire thing. And Red Sox manager Alex Cora. Yeah. Um, and I, the Red Sox fired Alex Cora, which was probably more responsible than the Astros. The Red Sox seem to have come clean and that whatever they did, everyone's been saying it's not come out, but it's been very light in comparison to the Astros. Cheating is, is pretty major um, in their use of video. By the way, I'm, I, I would like to submit my uh, application for a video playback for the Astros. Um, just... I mean, those guys got to get fired, right? So yeah. you know, they're probably oh, hiring. Probably got a lot of openings over there. Yeah. Uh, so my thought is that, like, it, it is bad. But yeah. there is some thought that, like, you don't, even if you know what pitch is coming, you don't, you, it still takes a tremendous amount of knowledge and talent to I, hear. I, I think I disagree. As a, as a person who was a... Yes, it takes the knowledge and talent, but these are, we're talking about professional baseball players. Like, as a pitcher, if... And I wasn't even good enough to the point where my stuff is nasty enough that people are going to be as caught off balance by a curve versus a slider versus a fastball. Oh, yeah. Um, when you have the skill level of the hitters and also of the pitchers, whose pitches are so distinct and so nasty... Right. Having the ability to know what pitch is coming, especially to know when a fastball is coming, right. is like, I think has to be, is like the number one thing that I would not want people to know. Like that is, I think, a pretty intense, insurmountable thing. Hearing about that as a pitcher, I'm like, that's a big fucking deal. Like to know what pitch is coming, that's, that's everything because the amount of shit that goes on between a catcher and pitcher disguising signs the mind game that is that's what i that's what we love so much about baseball the mind game between the pitcher and catcher and the, and the, and the, batter, and the, batter, the pitcher yeah. and batter of like you know okay i threw a fastball in a in a one one count um it was out of the strike zone so two one last time he was up i threw a slider two one 
Um, my fastball has got some good movement today, but um, I know that in the past he's not very good at hitting a slider, and the batter's thinking, oh, his, his slider is good today, and I know that he's thinking that he thinks I can't hit a slider, so I think that he's going to throw it, but right. he might be thinking. The interesting thing to me is, and not to, not to, I'm not trying to have an antagonistic point of view here, because I think it's very, very wrong and deeply stupid, but I thought, I think, you know, for the sake of argument, in 2017, which was supposed to be the really bad year that the Astros were doing it, mm -hmm. they were worse at home. Their batting average, every stat across the board was worse at home than was it was it? on the road. Didn't so, they have some... Yeah, I mean, I guess you people do cherry-pick statistics, so it's hard to know. Like, this is the statistic like, I Jose heard. Altuve in the playoffs at home was, was hit like, like 700 yeah. at home and like 100 on the road, right? Right, yeah. Um, I think... I don't believe in stripping anyone of any title. I mean, we the Reds have their World Series title from 1919 when the White Sox threw it, right? They, yeah. the, they have the banner... Hanging in their stadium. Well, arguments to be made that they didn't do anything wrong. They, they just were the recipients of a team fucking quitting. Oh. Right. Or, you know, I mean, like, there's going to be examples of, like, you know, you could... If you start to unravel, like, I just the think... The Giants like, have their NLDS title from when Barry Bonds played for them, I guess. Right, taking steroids. Or the... Or the, their NLCS title. NLCS. Or the... The fucking uh, A's were dominant when Jose Canseco and yeah. Mark McGuire were probably both taking steroids. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, like, I just feel like you can, it starts to unravel. The Cubs were competitive in 2003. Yeah. Based on Mark Pryor being, a, a, like, a, all of a sudden being Sandy Koufax for one year. Yeah. But also because they had, like, probably three or, three or four guys taking steroids, yeah. primarily Sammy Sosa. I just think like it gets. I don't think stripping them. I think stripping them would be super dangerous for the sport. Yeah. And like we were talking about in the starting five, uh, link below. Uh, baseball is protecting its brand yeah, so I'm, hard. It's. I mean, it's. It is like a. I, I don't necessarily agree with stripping them, but I. I mean, I'm not gonna have a vehement, like disagreement with anyone who does feel that way because it's. So, like this, I, I can't emphasize enough. I just feel like this exact form of cheating is like is serious as hell. Like I am, I am one where I feel like steroid era was an era, and many people were doing it. Pitchers, batters. pitchers, batters. Like basically, everyone was abusing the these, you know, abusing steroids. Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of like. Leave it in its era, just like the dead ball era was an era. Just like sure. these pitchers with ridiculous stats in the dead ball era would have probably gotten their ass beat in 1996. Right, dudes, um, dudes like uh, you know, even not the best pitchers, but yeah. you take like Urban Shocker, you know, yeah. people who have like really great career stats or pretty good career stats. Dudes who were blowing people away with their 76 mile an hour right. fastball. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so I mean, eras I think should live within each other. Um, so that's why I. I push back on the on the steroid comparison. This is like one team really fucking deliberately. Deliberately and you know, in competitive sports people always trying to get their edge. So it's also that line of like, you know, Matt Barnes on uh, his podcast talks a lot about like you know, weed is this is kind of going far flung, but like weed is banned in the NBA. Uh, shout out to the MLB for kind of loosening on that. But mm -hmm. weed is banned in the NBA. 
whereas they're pumping you with all these drugs to get you ready for games, where in Matt Barnes was like, I just needed to smoke to relax and take pain away. Sure. And yet I wasn't allowed to do that, but they could pump me with all these drugs that are more harmful for my body. So everyone's trying to get an edge, and yet the edges of this game are defined by often people who don't play it. And so it's like taking a look back at who defines these edges um, of what is pushing the limits is an interesting question. But still, this shit is outside the edges. Everyone's trying to get a competitive edge, but to, to know what fucking pitch is coming, that shit is like the epitome of what else could you do? What could you do in baseball to cheat more than that? I don't know. I mean, do you have complaints about, okay, Mickey Mantle, uh, you know, was known for being the guy that got hit a double, hit a leadoff double, and even if he didn't score, he knew all the, he had figured out the signs by being on second base. I mean, that's different though. Like, if you can figure out the signs and, you know, what pitchers, pitcher and catcher are, they, they understand that that's within these lines, right? So they know people are going to try to steal them. So they've got four different schemas. You see pitchers, right? You see catchers, if you pay a lot of attention, Catchers will give like a sign to the pitcher, like we'll throw up a three or something. Mm-hmm. And you'll see the pitcher go to their hat and see, okay, three, that means that my fourth sign now is the real pitch. So just if Mickey Mantle stole the sign, and I have a feeling about that, if Mickey Mantle was on second base, I'm going to throw up the three, go to the new order of signs. Okay, now, and, you know what, and I can do front. that. But what I can't do is fucking battle a camera that is telling people what the pitches are right and bang 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 on the fucking trash can right like i can't defeat that right not easily right right i think i think that baseball is so for protecting its players that like it overlooked punishing aj hinch is the right thing to do punching the gm was the right thing to do aj hinch will never be in in baseball alex Cora will never be in baseball again most likely both of them yeah yeah you know they're fucking gonna be doing something else uh with their life but the part that's gonna be weird this whole season is the and here's the 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 i want to finish on this slide and get your thoughts on this is the astros are gonna be good next year yeah they're gonna be very good i mean on paper they could already be the best team in baseball like yeah bregman correa you oh, know, yeah. Springer, they're all getting better. Well, no, it's, un- it's, un- it's unfortunate because it's like, they're gonna, I mean, would they have won in 2017 anyway? They, you look at their roster and it's hard to say that they wouldn't have, but, it's, but now you can't look at their roster because it's always going to... That asterisk, even for me, who I... Fuck the steroids asterisk. Barry Bonds is the home run champion. Fuck mm-hmm. like X, Y, and Z asterisk. I'm the same way. But there, for me, there is an asterisk in my head on that World Series... Because, like, that shit is pushing a limit. I don't know. I think that the players are going to be the ones that, that, that are going to pay for this the biggest. Even though they didn't yeah. get fined by, like, an official yeah. hierarchy. That the Astros are going to come to, Det- come to Detroit, go to Cleveland, go to Los Angeles. And they're going to get so mercilessly built, booed. Yeah. People are going to be looking over their shoulder. And, uh, you know, Jose Altuve, you know, talk about not to conti- We'll end here, but... Uh, the buzzer thing? Like, no, no, kind of different. But Jose Altuve, in in a league where the, the MLB is so fucking bad at marketing itself, last season and the year before, it started to kind of bring up Jose Altuve as a poster boy. Like, he was willing to be in all these ads and such, right. trying to be a poster boy. Um, 
They not gonna put him in no ads this year. Alex like, Bregman or George Springer, those guys. Th- those guys aren't gonna be in another ad again. Those guys were like starting to become like a nice marketing, marketable face for the MLB, um, and nah, never again. <laughs> They'll never be in another MLB ad. You kidding me? The, it's gonna complicate the Astros for sure for yeah. years to come, and that's really hard on their fan base. I'm sure it's hard to like describe to kids. Imagine if they fuck around and win this year. I mean, imagine right. all eyes on. All eyes are gonna be on them. They're gonna yeah. win. Either they could go the the Detroit That'd Pistons be... of the '80s and have like this chip on their shoulder that they're the bad boys. They're yeah. gonna brace us. But like just like that, like the Yankees aren't the most hated team in baseball for right now yeah. until like May. We'll see if they win. I think they do the best that they could possibly right. do to, because then it's like yeah, fuck y'all. Like, right, right, yeah, like, like we won anyway. So yeah. how much the cheating really matter? Right. Um, uh, Speaking of which, the weird thing would be between Barry Bonds and the Astros of 2020 would be Dusty Baker yeah. uh, at the helm of both teams, which is a super well, interesting guy, a super beloved character, and yeah. a great hire. Uh, let's move on to the tool belt. Would you please, for the love of God, and your own body, hold the hammering? Motherfucker. Um... Uh, so, tool belt, uh, I get one in there? Uh, no, no, you, no, no you, you took the mic out a little bit. Okay, okay. well, we're good. Um, um, so, our, our tool belt today, for just really brief, uh, we want to make some, some recommendations. Really brief, um, really brief. I, personally, um, I got two podcast recommendations, podcasts that I've been, like, religiously listening to. I think they're so cool when you can get former players who just happen to also be really charismatic and good behind a mic Mm -hmm. interviewing other former players the cool stories funny stories you hear but also the crazy insiders on all the smoke with matt barnes and stephen jackson as well as knuckleheads with q richardson quentin richardson and darius miles Um, both are like i'm addicted to both podcasts Mm -hmm. uh Really awesome. I would anyone who listens or doesn't listen to podcasts but enjoys the NBA, you've got to go listen. Go peep the Kobe interview they did like right before he passed away, um, and all their interviews are wild. They're so good. Uh, okay, so my my recommendations for this tool belt segment are: since you went audio, I went visual. Visual uh, a TV show from 2014 starring Lisa Kudrow, who played Phoebe in Friends, called The Comeback. This really mm. weird, bizarre comedy about like a woman who's a television star, um, but her days have kind of gone by, and they hire her to do a reality show. But it's in two thousand five, so it's like two thousand four, two thousand five. So it's this really weird, hyper reality thing. And then they did a second season in twenty fourteen, huh. nine years later, following her same thing. And it's really endearing and funny. And like the last two episodes of the show, not to spoil anything, but like create this like really amazing arc all of a sudden about fame and celebrity and like what's really important in life. And then the other recommendation I have is a movie called A Hidden Life about conscientious objector mm. in World War II. He was a German dude. About that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called A Hidden Life by director Terrence Malick. It's really good. It's kind of long, so it's not for the faint of heart, but it's really, really beautifully shot and just a, a great movie overall and it has an amazing soundtrack by James Newton Howard that I've been checking out recently. I'll check them out, big bro. Yeah, I'll check out your uh, three icon podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he was a three and D guy. I think he had the lock symbol too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. Yeah, for sure. And Um, big shout out to NBA Live 2005, greatest game ever. Yep, or 2004. We had five and three. We had five and three. Five and three. Who knows what happened in 2004? 
Does, it doesn't even matter. Exist, doesn't yeah. even matter. Um, right, on to topic two. Uh, do you want to announce it? You want me to sure, I can bring us bumper. in. Um, so uh, this topic kind of came from um, big shout out to Kirk Goldsberry, um, who I believe is a professor at UT Austin, but does all these uh, stats and, and numbers and mm-hmm. cool mm-hmm. graphics um, around analytics and basketball. Yep. Um, and had this really cool graphic looking at uh, how the NBA has transformed just in like a 10-year span. And the graphic basically shows how mid-range jumpers, or really anything that is not a layup, dunk, or three-pointer, right. have been entirely eliminated from the game. Just completely. Completely. Um, so my visceral reaction to that was like, damn, is this... I mean, I like watching a game that has mid-range jumpers that is versatile. Um, and but So the question is, I guess, first with that topic, but then maybe stretching out to sports evolution in general, like... What do you think about that? Is where, where where do you fall on the whole idea of like slave to numbers? Like the thing is that mid range, by these intense analytics they have, is no longer efficient. So players are encouraged to not take those shots. Well, first of all, Jimmy Chetwood of and Hoosiers made mm-hmm. his living off of the uh, mid range jumper. He did he did yep. backboard every time? Right? Yep, yep. Uh, in general, I think like sports evolve. And this is the this is the real question we're talking about here because it doesn't matter about mid-range jumper or the bunt in baseball or the shnugamugamugam in uh, hockey or the opener in baseball. Like, do wins matter? Do does two-point shot percentage from you know mid-range jumpers matter? Um, there's two schools of thought, and I think my school of thought on it is that some things in each and every sport, no matter what the sport is, uh, work like a pendulum. You know what I mean? Like okay. the pendulum is swinging a certain way in basketball right now that they're like the high yield three yeah. or the sure thing two. Mid-range jumpers are too risky and, and nerdonauts who probably barely ever played the sport just like in baseball have decided, like basically been like, you don't shoot two point shots yeah. from eight feet out. Just like, you know, the pitchers who like, well, the best pitchers in, in baseball in the game will right. look at their manager and be like, no, I got it. The manager goes, the iPad says you're not good after 96 pitches. So, like, nah, you out. Right, we're only um, up by two runs. Yeah. Like, um, the, the, the iPad tells me you're out, so you're out. Um, which fundamentally believe is a thing is, it's like, we want competition in sports, right? Yeah. On this hand, we want competition in sports. But on this hand, we want it to remain human or, right. like, tangible. Right. Like, and that's the thing is, it's like, where it emanates down from and where the problem actually is to, for me in this is youth sports. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so you're coaching a U8 to 10 team, travel team, and all of a sudden nobody's shooting mid range jumping. Your kids with the, all the might of their 75 pound bodies launching hop, it from eight feet behind a three point line. Yeah. Launching it from eight, three, and, and they're actually not learning anything, right? They're not learning how to, yeah. they're just learning that, like, if they do this, like, chuck and hope method or you know i mean like it's just i feel like that everything is moving towards extremes in the world Mm -hmm. whether it be in politics or in sports everything is moving towards extremes we're talking launch angle in baseball we're talking about you know the rise of like every team needs like six guys hitting at least 20 home runs i think that's that speaks to uh how i think in many ways we would like to think that it's a pendulum but 
that that's awful, often wishful thinking that isn't true. So I think mm-hmm. your pendulum description, like, you know, like people like to make the pendulum comparison with with Trump of like, oh, it'll swing back. The like Obama made people pick uh, go super conservative because like it invigorated. I like I don't see that. I think uh, like that doesn't happen automatically. Right. Um, and that's you know a whole different issue, but with sports. You'd, I think it's wishful thinking to think pendulum like oh the day of the big man will come again. Look at Zion Williamson, like scoring every one of his points in the paint. Um, but I think but that supports your graphic. And that supports the graphic in the paint for sure. Um, I think the day of the mid-range jumper may be gone. Um, I think the day of the four-point shot from for even further out is probably coming soon. Um, the day, like taking cues from the big three league, um, Ice Cube's big three thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that may be, may be soon coming. Um, and like, I think there, there's space for both, right? Of me being like, damn, as weird to call me old school because I'm 25, but like the old school part of me, if you will, is like, I don't think that's good basketball term people always use. That's not good basketball. The Houston Rockets are not good basketball. But shit, they traded their center. I don't know if you know about this. The Houston Rockets, so this is like even ahead of ahead of the game. The Houston Rockets have been for a couple years a team that they only shoot three-pointers and dunks. Like more than any other team. They do not do mid-range. And at the trade deadline a couple weeks ago, they have one big center dude, like big dude made to just get rebounds, throw down dunks. They traded him. So they're now, they start rost- they start rosters and play almost entire games where the tallest person on the court is six foot five and everyone on the court can shoot threes. So they basically say, hey, we're not going to get any rebounds, but we're going to score 140 points a game with our six foot five shooters. And, and we're going to have everyone standing on the perimeter and I dare you to beat us. And... It's a brief experiment, but so far it's actually gone kind of well for them. Like they're winning games right. since they decided, like, fuck a seven footer. We don't need any slow guys who can't shoot threes. We are Which going is only super six ironic for the, for the Houston Rockets. You know, like right. having they're the the team of Yao Ming and Hakeem Olajuwon, were, and like you know, were. yeah, the the dream fake is is no more in the NBA, and it's like the Houston Rockets are paving the way now for this. And so my, I've, got, I've got my visceral opinion of like, damn, I don't like that as basketball. Um, and as a, not coaching basketball this year, but as someone who coached basketball mm-hmm. in Detroit for a few years, like um, I'm the type of coach that would often get upset about the contested three-pointer um, and maybe not as frequently, though I agree that mid-range jumpers are not high percentage. Maybe not as frequently get upset about the mid-range jumper as I would the contested three-pointer, where the analytics may be telling you the contested three-pointer by the right guy is probably a better shot percentage-wise than the, than the, than the, the open mid-ranger. Um, yeah. So it's interesting, um, but I think, I think you've got to embrace evolution um, while there is still something pure about well, what, like some parts of the game that I think you, you can pick and choose. There are some things you don't want to allow to evolve away right well here's 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 a question for you to 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 throw to you baseball has had to change this season in the mlb that there'll be 26 players on a team and every reliever needs to pitch to three batters 
Oh, is that being implemented? That's going to be implemented. I didn't even realize um, that. I'm like 90% certain that's going to be implemented. Yeah. Uh, so if I'm wrong, then I will make sure I'm wrong here. Um, but basically that's eliminated. It's basically a, a countermeasure. To it's, it's a countermeasure because yeah. basically every team had one guy, usually a lefty, that just dominated lefties, could not bat to a throw to a righty, yeah. that would pitch to one batter every yeah. two, two or three days. Um, early Andrew Miller. Right. You so know. There's, there's always the, shout out Alan Embry, there's always, uh, <laughs> there's always uh, like a, a, I think, multiple perspectives on it. Like there's always a loser when you make these moves. So like the Alan Embrys of the world are a loser in this move. Uh, a lot of those guys, if they really can't get righties out, will probably not be in the league for much longer. So those guys are upset. Um, but on the other hand, like, yeah, maybe those guys are upset. It's an interesting countermeasure in like, A... The big thing that MLB is obsessed with, it probably speeds up the game this much because you don't have as many pitching changes, which take fucking time. Right. It takes five, seven minutes to make a pitching change. Go to the commercial. Go to the commercial, have the guy run into the field, warm up, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. um, that takes time, so maybe sh addresses shortening the game. So I think countermeasures are interesting. Thing. So like, you wonder whether rule changes are the countermeasure to this analytics evolution or if you just have to embrace it. Um, right. I just was listening to, the, I was just talking about uh, All the Smoke. They just had Kevin Garnett on. I was mm -hmm. just listening to it. Um, Kevin Garnett had a really interesting take on this where he says, you know, as a OG in basketball, now retired, he's asked to like work out, like he works with Giannis, who, you know, mm -hmm. is like an MVP in the league. He worked with Thonmaker, other guys. And when he works with them, he kind of has to update his own knowledge because KG was famous for the turnaround mid-range jumper. Right. And so when he's trying to give game to, to Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's playing in this league, if he taught him, if he spends five hours with him telling him about footwork for a mid-range jumper, he's actually not being helpful. So he was like, I actually had to update my own game, but what stays the same is the grit, teaching people about the work ethic, teaching people about the habits, teaching people about like the way to play the game. And maybe just the things that will change is where you take the shots from, how you dribble between your legs, and how you come off screens, etc. And those things will evolve. But there is something in the game that needs that is there is a purity somewhere of like the way to play the game that Julius Irving to Bill Russell can still Bill Russell can still be imparting wisdom on on these new guys, right, right, right. though the game is completely fucking different from when Bill Russell was ever on a court, no. And I think that the big thing about any of these things, and back to my pendulum analogy, is that like this three-point strategy, the Houston Rockets, five guys, six foot five, topped out at, yeah. and all shooting threes, is the team that cracks how to beat that strategy. Maybe it's okay now. I have a team of all six foot ten guys, and they suck up the rebounds, and they all and they, have superior ball handling skills. And they beat the Rockets by thirty. Then all of a sudden, like you said at the start of this topic. Um, which I think is the at the end of the day is is A, B, and C of how this changes. Who gets the W, right? Right. Who gets the W? If the Rockets win this way, that will be the wave until it's not. Until it's right? not. Right. The Warriors won with this with three point shots. Everyone always said live by the three, die by the three. The Warriors completely eliminated that fucking whole that whole age old phrase. Um, you don't live by the three, die by the three. You, you, you 
die by not taking threes. Right. Um, and so it, it, it's like it is that until it is something else. And I'll leave it to experts to predict what the next thing is. I think it's just uh, we got to try not to be old men and, and accept that the game, game sports will change. There will be openers. The Red Sox will pitch some motherfucker three innings, and it's going to piss us off as someone who knows a five-man roster or five-man rotation. rotation. Um, but eventually, like most things in life, in two years, it'll be our normal, and we won't. And we'll be asking about why. When are the Red Sox going to sign that new opener out of from Oakland? That dude. Um, that yeah. What we yeah. used to call a lefty specialist. That right. Now is we're going to be like two innings. Yeah. Like we're. The Red Sox need a new next next year. We'll be filming one of these, and we'll be like, "Who are the Red Sox signing for their opener?" We're, our rotation's great, but we need an opener who right the, now. We're like, opener guys? we're like, oh my god, they're gonna use this opener like this bullshit the Rays Jamal invented. Chaching, yeah. And in fucking eighteen months, we'll be talking about what well, opener do we want how, them to sign? How are they gonna work the in, opener? You know, maybe it could be in thirty six months that we're talking about. You know, man, what the, the, Celtic, the Celtics are playing great. But they just they, they, they got too many three point shooters. They need another four point guy, you know? They need another four point shooter. Right. They got too many guys shooting threes and not enough four point shooters, man. Like that's what kills them. Right. <laughs> like, right. It will, it, it's always gonna be something interesting swinging back and forth. Yeah. I uh I do I do feel my old manness that comes into tournament specifically around these kinds of things. That's and just I, like, you know, let's embrace our old manness. You we, know? Should, we should. We like, should. Yeah, yeah. You, I know you're always going to be old and cranky, whether you're 23 or, or 83. You'll be old and cranky. So you know, don't That's don't true. lose it. Don't lose it. You know, let's embrace right, it. Right. We'll complain about shit that we know we shouldn't complain about. And, or uh, we can't change it. it that or, we can't change. Yeah. yeah, or it doesn't really matter to us ultimately. Yeah. Um, moving right along. Um, Search your feelings. You know it to be true. Technology, man. Right? Yep. Should have fucking used a legal pad like our yeah, yeah. Taught see. Us. Our dad old taught man. us. Yeah, old man. Yeah, Evans using a computer. I'm using a legal pad. Um, my bold prediction, and this is a bold one, uh, and we'll have to come back to this, which will maybe keep us honest in doing this. My bold prediction is that the Yankees, the Dodgers, and oh yeah, okay, the Yankees, the Dodgers, and the Astros will not make the will not make the World Series. None of those teams will play for a World Series. It's a bold prediction. I uh, I'd be happy to see it because the Astros cheated. The Yankees are the fucking Yankees. Fuck, Fuck the, the Yankees. Yankees. Uh, and the and the Dodgers stole our stole our baby. Right, um, Mookie. Um, so. Um, I, I hope that, that comes true. You had a little bit of a costume change. There, I had a right? costume change. I had to bring out the, the OBC threads we got going. Um, shout out to the Small Brains Big Pick logo. Um, we really out here. If you want a shirt, um, you know, hit us on the social and we'll charge you $600 for one because, yep. you know, yep. supply yep. demand. Yep. Supply demand we, yeah. we made 700 of them and we haven't made an episode. So, like, <laughs> right. they're kind of just languishing. They're just losing value. So, right. you know. Yes. If you got a if you got a few hundred to fork over, you can get yourself one of these boys. Yeah, let us anyway, know. Anyway, my uh, bold prediction is uh, I think maybe this isn't that bold because right now they're ready to make the playoffs. The Memphis Grizzlies right now in the West are holding on to the. How many Grizzly Bears in Memphis? Uh, you know I haven't been to Memphis in a minute. Um, That's true. So I've been to Memphis. Could be could be some. Uh, they might have a zoo, uh, um, but. I, so a lot of teams, just be, a lot of analysts I've, I've heard recently are kind of counting the Grizzlies out 
Um, though they hold on to the eight seed, they're a young, unproven team. And so it is very easily easy to say that the Spurs, because they're the Spurs, the Trailblazers, because they got Lillard, McCollum, and uh, Mello, um, or even some other teams in the mix, the, like the Pelicans with Zion, people are kind of saying, okay, no disrespect to the Grizzlies, but, right. but, but I think the Grizzlies will make the playoffs. I think John Morant's the real deal. Bold, I think Jaron Jackson's that dude. Um, so my bold prediction is that things will stay as they currently are. But um, most analysts I've heard are, are kind of counting the Grizzlies out. I, I watch the Grizzlies a lot on League Pass, and I think the Grizzlies have got it. I think, they, I think they're going to hold on to that spot. Whether well, someone else takes the seven spot or whatever, who knows. But I do think the Grizzlies will make the playoffs. Well, as my Uncle Les used to say, when the beer is gone, it's time to move on. So my beer is gone. Cheers. And, uh, cheers. Welcome back, season two, baby. Nos vemos. Good night, Vietnam.